0: Ready? See if you can identify these five clips in the order that they are played. It could be from a song, a movie, a TV show, or something else. But if it's coming from this podcast, then you know that it's from Generation X. Listen closely. Good luck. Welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Xavier, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for ultimate slacker prizes, and in the process, do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from Fading into Oblivion. We're so happy they've chosen to join us I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, everyone. This is our Christmas special episode, and I am super excited to have these two guests coming back on the show as we share our memories of Christmas time during Generation X. Even if you don't celebrate Christmas or are not a Gen Xer, there's something here for everyone, I hope. But if you like (laughs) reminiscing about TV show Christmas specials from Generation X, then this episode is one you might especially like.
1: Especially
0: like Gen X may not have invented the sequel, but we certainly did perfect it. I'm happy to have these two returning guests come back for our Christmas episode. Let's give a very quick hello to each of them now. Let's first welcome back to the show, frequent guest and two-time champion of the podcast, Jason. Welcome back, Jason.
2: Hey Sam. thanks for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here to uh you know win the, the only thing I really get to win every year against my wife. So this is like a Christmas present that she gives you.
0: Could you
2: try again? Um, that was Siri. Sorry, I don't know why she spoke up there.
0: Siri, this <laughs> isn't your show. Pipe down. <laughs> Let's also welcome back Jason's challenger and wife to the show. Please welcome back Shauna. A
2: lot of a lot of guys call me Shauna. No, Thanks for being on the
0: show, Shauna. Thanks.
3: Merry Christmas to everyone. And thank you for tuning in so I can let my husband win just this once. And then we'll go back to normal for the rest of the year.
0: Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Exactly. Well, I'm pulling for you, Shauna. The last time we had you both on the show was during last year's Christmas special. And if I remember correctly, Shauna, your husband, Jason won the matchup. Am I correct in that?
3: I mean, regretfully, I think you are correct. He might have won just that, you know, very small opportunity, but the rest of the year did go as planned with him losing consistently.
0: Well, if it makes you feel any better, Jason's been on the show. I think this is a sixth time and he's got two wins. So I hope that gives you a little bit of confidence going in that it is possible to beat Jason.
2: That That is not a fair um, <laughs> stat. Two of those, I was setting the bar for everyone else. That's a true and story. If you recall, the last episode I was in was the video episode, and I got 14 out of 16.
0: Yes, you crushed it. You did a great job on that one, Jason. I'm just thank you chain a little bit.
2: Well, I have a short chain. Just ask Shona.
0: <laughs> I don't think that comment came out... Quite like you may have wanted it too. <laughs>
1: not a man, not a mean. not not a man, but
0: let's move on quickly.
2: <laughs> Don't let your mind wander.
0: So Shauna, <laughs> here's your chance to get a little revenge on this episode and nothing says celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior quite like getting sweet, sweet revenge on our spouse for Christmas. Amen. But before we start the show, let's give a quick overview of how we play the game.
2: It doesn't matter how you play the game, it's whether you win or lose. And even that doesn't make all that much difference.
0: The show is broken up into three rounds of trivia and games. Whoever has the most points at the end of round three will win a chance at today's rad slacker prize. The Power Struggle. In the opening of this episode, you heard five quick clips from Generation X. The game is called The Power Struggle, and in this game, you need to name those five clips in the order that they were played. These are all from something Christmas-related, or at least Christmas-adjacent. At any time during the episode, contestants can interrupt the game and declare that they want to solve the power struggle question. They only get one chance to answer it correctly, and if they are correct, then they instantly steal the power away from their opponent. And as an added wrinkle to the game, if you solve the power struggle, you will now be awarded a whopping 20 bonus points to your score. We'll play the clip a couple of times during the episode, so listen closely and see if you can solve the power struggle. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. Round one. We're going to switch up the regular format for this episode and play a different game for round one tonight. Instead of playing the Facts of Life game, we're going to play the new game that we debuted on the Rise and Outshine podcast showcase a few weeks ago. The game is that I have a list of fill-in-the-blank statements that I will read to you, and you'll have one minute to give me as many correct answers within that time limit. We call this game, What the Blank? What
1: the fuck? Blank.
0: We use this as a lightning round for the podcast showcase, but we think it might be fun to try a head-to-head version of the game this time around. You'll score one point for each correct answer. If you get stuck, say pass, and we'll come back to it if there's enough time. Each list has a theme and a total of 10 fill-in-the-blank statements. For each unanswered fill-in-the-blank, your opponent will get a chance to answer them and steal whatever points are remaining at the end of your turn. Okay, so you want to get as many as you can to not leave as many points for your opponent to potentially get. The winner of round one will be awarded the power. The power. Which allows the player who has it to make all the choices in the game first and wins all ties for as long as they control the power. We had an eggnog drinking contest backstage to see who goes first. And Shauna took the biggest gulp, but didn't realize that the contest was really to see who was wise enough not to put any of that foul drink in their mouth. So that gave the victory to Jason. Jason, congratulations. You get to start us off on what the blank by picking one of the two themes available to you. Whichever one you don't pick will go to your opponent. Here's your options. Will you choose not a finger or will you pick it's a butte, Clark? It's a butte.
2: Oh, boy. I think I'm going to have to choose not a finger.
0: No, I believe it's pronounced not a finger.
2: Not a finger. Not a
0: finger. All the following 10 fill in the blanks will be movie lines from the Christmas film, A Christmas Story. Okay, here we go. You'll blank your eye out. Shoot. I triple blank dare ya. Dog. I can't put my blanks down.
2: Arms. He
0: looks like a deranged blank bunny. Easter. You used up all the blank on purpose. Glue. Ah, fragile. It must be blank. Italian. Be sure to drink your blank. Ovaltine. Stick my blank to that stupid pole. That's dumb. Tongue. A red Ryder beeping gun with a compass on the stock and this blank which tells time. Thing. Number ten is ra 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 blank. Ra. You did it, Jason. You got all ten. Congratulations.
4: (laughs) Flawless victory.
0: We're gonna hear the rest of this theme music play out. Then I like how it ends. That was impressive, Jason. I should rename the uh, game after you. You are the blank in what the blank, my friend. Yeah. It's I've like, only
2: seen it like a thousand times.
3: Yeah. Like every, every year, November, December, he's been training for this his whole life. That's a lot of well,
2: years. <laughs> here, here's what just happened here, though. This was strategy. I think I could have easily gotten the other category, but Shauna has seen a Christmas story at least a few times. She has not seen the other one very much at all.
3: I fall asleep every time it starts. I'm sorry. (laughs) I've been awake a few times, so I'll be fine. I know it's like Mm -hmm. Griswold's something. It'll be fine. I've
0: got this. So Shauna, the odds are stacked against you, but how sweet will this victory be when you thwart his strategy and get 10 out of 10 right here? Yeah,
3: he's cocky. Too confident.
2: That would be pretty amazing.
0: Jason, listen up, because you're going to get a chance to come back and answer the ones that she misses.
2: Oh, good. So <laughs> I got nine more questions coming.
0: <laughs> wow. What's your wife you're talking about, dude?
3: He's just bitter because I always fall asleep in this movie.
0: Okay, well, I mean, bitter. I'm kind of on Jason's side. You need to stay awake for these movies. It's, it's a brilliant classics. movie. The title of this one was It's a Butte, Clark. It's a Butte. All of the following ten fill-in-the-blanks will be movie lines from National Lampoon's. Christmas vacation. Shauna, concentrate. You can do this because a lot of them you can just figure out too, because you're smart. So that's what Jason's not figuring in on. Okay, here we go. Can I refill your egg dog for you? Get you something to eat, drive you out into the middle of nowhere and leave you for blank? Dead. Why is the carpet all blank, Todd? What? <laughs> hey, Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a blank that big? Three. Bend over and I'll blank you. Can you say
3: that again?
0: Bend over and I'll blank you. You can say pass. Shoot you? No. Save the blank for me, Clark. Eggnog? No. Aunt Bethany, does your blank eat jello? Mom? <laughs> no. If that thing had nine blanks, she just spent all of them. Life. It's a one-year membership to the Blank of the Month Club. Wine. No. I'm sorry, Shauna. Hey, you did pretty good, though. For not knowing the movie well, you got quite a few right. You were going to have
3: to ask all the questions from the first eight minutes. Let's be honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jason, you get an opportunity to answer the ones that she missed. I think it's fair to let him answer the ones that didn't even get asked. You only get one answer. I'm going to put you on a short leash for how much time you get to think about this. It'll match that short chain of yours that you were telling us about earlier. Uh, Number four was bend over and I'll blank you. Show. Save the blank for me, Clark. Neck. Aunt Bethany, does your blank eat Jello? Cat. That's a one-year membership to the blank of the month club? Jelly. And the two we didn't get to was, I'm sorry, this is our family's blank kidnapping. First. And finally, number 10. The blanking. Blessing. That is <laughs> blessing. What's the score, Robin?
5: We're at four points for Shauna, 16 for Jason.
0: Jason, you have a commanding lead. Congratulations. You scored the most points in round one, and that means you have the power.
4: The power is yours. The power. Round one was over. <laughs> I could feel the Christmas noose beginning to tighten.
0: Okay, Shauna, we got some work to do. You're 12 points behind going into round two. But before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. Welcome to the show, Shauna. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. And as your Gen X credentials, please include what was your favorite Christmas present. Or if you want to flip it on its head, what was the worst Christmas present you received when you were a kid?
3: Well, my name is Shauna. I'm married to a very famous trivia expert named Jason. And you know, once a year, I like to come on here and just make him feel good about himself so that we can get back to normal as soon as possible immediately after this. But I would say my favorite Christmas gift was probably a Cabbage Patch doll. And I do not underestimate my mom's ability to throw down in the middle of Kmart to get said doll because that was the year that it got really dicey. And there were injuries to be had, but I ended up with a Cabbage Patch doll and everything was right with the world.
0: I think the parents that braved the Cabbage Patch riots in the 80s really showed their love for their kids. So I think that's a great Gen X credential. Shauna, welcome back to the show. Also, welcome back to the show, Shauna's husband, Jason. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and please tell us what was your favorite or least favorite Christmas present you received when you were a kid.
2: Hey, Zabe. So I am a very, very... Fortunate, longtime friend of our host, Zabe, here. I have two boys, Patrick and Charlie. One of them is listening in and trying to help his mom. It hasn't been going well so far. But um, my favorite Christmas present, I'm trying to remember any of them because all my childhood was so tragic and uh, tormented. Probably G.I. Joe's.
0: I'm glad G.I. Joe's. Turn the page quickly from that really sad moment we're having on this happy Christmas episode. Judges, please make a note for next year's Christmas episode not to bring up childhood traumas (laughs) that could potentially be triggered by your questions. Thank you.
2: All the trauma was probably not getting what I really wanted was either the G.I. Joe jet or the aircraft carrier.
0: Oh, the USS flag. Yes. The the holy grail of Christmas presents for any G.I. Joe fan. That's for sure. Yeah. You and me both, buddy. I have that same tragic uh, feeling as well. Judges, do these contestants contain the proper credentials to continue to be on the show? Well done. You can be on the show still. Congrats. Before we start round two, let's take another listen to The Power Struggle.
4: Christmas. Christmas.
3: Christmas. We're Marley and Marley.
0: Round two is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I'll ask a total of eight questions, four to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one pity point for a partial correct answer, which is if they can convince the judges for it. Players take turns answering the questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. The steal is worth one point. But more importantly, a steal takes the power away from their opponent. The judges require that all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect they might be. So if you say some form of, I don't know, here on the show, you will lose a point and get slimed. Whoever has the most points at the end of round two will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that the two of you will be playing for in this episode. Jason, you have the power and a commanding lead. You get to start us off on 8 is Enough. You get to pick between these two questions. Will it be... I am not left-handed, which is a movie question. Or will it be? It's really sort of a miracle is
2: the other question. I'm going to take I am not left-handed.
0: If Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it takes place during Christmas time, then so is The Princess Bride.
2: Inconceivable!
0: There are Christmas decorations hanging up. The book is gift-wrapped with Christmas paper. And we presume that Fred Savage is sick in the movie because he took the slightest sip of eggnog and that's what left him bedridden. In the film, when Wesley and Buttercup are finally reunited, she doesn't immediately recognize her long-lost love who rescues her from the Dread Pirate Roberts. When his identity is revealed, he explains that the name Dread Pirate Roberts is actually just a title passed from one captain to the next. When Wesley was originally captured by the pirates, he made friends with their current captain who passed the title on to him. What was the name of the man who gave Wesley the title of Dread Pirate Roberts?
4: Shut up, Wesley. This is a multiple choice.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: Is it A, Dread Pirate Randy? B, (laughs) Dread Pirate Robin? C, Dread Pirate Ryan? D, Dread Pirate Roland? Or is it E, Dread Pirate Richard Simmons?
2: Wow, that didn't help me at all. Uh, Is there any way you can repeat those?
0: Yeah. Is it A, Randy? B, Robin? C, Ryan? D, Roland? Or E, Richard Simmons. If you I'm don't see- know, just do a process of elimination. Can you picture Richard Simmons being the dread pirate during the movie?
2: I I would rather not.
5: I mean, let's face it. Love Boat does nothing for your thighs. You know what I mean? When's the last time Archie Bunker showed you how to brush your teeth?
0: I'm just trying to help
2: you. Jason. Yes. Eliminate yeah. Richard Simmons, and then and then just go that. Way. I, I had already would already gotten to that point. Okay. Um, I didn't really have to talk it out. I. Right. Um, I'm just trying to help you. I'm going to say D. Roland.
0: D. Roland is. Mm. Incorrect. Ah. Donna, a golden opportunity. We've already ruled out Roland and Richard Simmons. Your choices are Randy, Robin, or Ryan. I'm going to go with C. Dread pirate Ryan is correct. Well done. What? Okay. One point for you, and you have stolen the power.
3: I am dying to see Sweat into the oldies. Uh, the I really Same. feel like this oh, is to happen. Come on, you
0: come on,
1: heal. all right,
0: Okay, so Christmas is the season for giving, so we will award one bonus point if you can tell us the name of the man who gave the title to Ryan. So this is two Dread Pirates ago. What was his name? Shauna, this one's for you. Dread Pirate. We couldn't make that out. We're going to assume you said the right answer of Dread Pirate Cumberbund. Judges, is that fair? Mm. I'm sorry. Judges tell me that's not fair. So uh, that is incorrect. Cumberbund was the correct answer. So you don't, you miss out on your bonus point. However.
3: I got two thirds of the name right. In all fairness, I feel like that deserves at least some sort of bonus.
0: <laughs> judges? I'm sorry. It's still okay. Judges are warning me that you're pushing it. Don't push it. Don't push it. I'll give you a war you won't believe. Here's the fun fact. In 2019, rumors began spreading of a Princess Bride remake. This idea was universally rejected by fans and actors alike. Carrie Elwes, who plays Wesley, tweeted in response, There's a shortage of perfect movies in the world, and it would be a pity to damage this one. We thought a question about The Princess Bride would be a perfect way to start round two. We hope you agree.
2: Isn't that
0: a wonderful
2: beginning? Yeah, it's really
0: good. Shauna, this question is for you. It's called It's Really Sort of a Miracle. It is a movie question. After Ghostbusters, having felt overwhelmed by the experience, Bill Murray took a four-year hiatus from acting. He got back into acting in 1988 with Scrooge, a modern retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, fitting that his return to the big screen should include a lot of ghosts. Am I right? Like Scrooge in the Dickens classic, Murray's character Frank Cross is visited by three Christmas ghosts, past, present, and future, who are sent to warn Cross of the dark and lonely path that he is on. Your question is In the movie Scrooged, who plays the ghost of Christmas present? We're looking for an actor's name. Is it A, David Johansson? B, John Forsythe? C, Carol Kane? D, Chaz Connor? Or is it E, Buster Poindexter? B, John Forsythe.
3: John Forsythe is
0: incorrect. I'm sorry. He played uh, his former partner or former boss, if you remember correctly. He was the forebearer for the Ghost Coming. Jason, here's your chance to steal the power right back. The short lived power held by Shauna. If you can get it correct, what's your answer?
2: I think it was Carol Kane.
0: Carol Kane is correct. Well done. You've stolen the power right back.
1: Steal the power.
0: <laughs> Scrooge itself had mixed reviews at its premiere but has become a cult classic during the holidays. Kane's performance was universally praised. Not surprising since she is one of the funniest women alive and has been for decades. Originally, the production team planned to hire a dancer and body double for Kane to do the ballet scenes. This was until a crew member saw Kane practicing the dance and then told the directors that Kane's horrible dancing would make the resulting scene even funnier. If you didn't recognize the name Chaz Connor, the person who played the ghost of Christmas Future, don't worry. Because someday he's going to be a household name.
5: He's in the show, Mr. Cross, as the ghost of Christmas future.
4: He's great. That guy is going to be a big star.
0: Robin, can you please give us a
4: scoring update?
5: Absolutely. Shauna has five points. Jason has 17. Still a commanding lead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Jason, you have the power. You get to pick between these two questions. Will it be? But do you recall the least famous reindeer of all? Or will it be? Name the great characters in American literature. This is our Do I feel lucky question. This category means that the question about to be asked is either impossibly hard and eccentric or just super easy. Your destiny is in your own hands here, depending on how lucky you feel.
1: You could ask yourself a question Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk?
0: So, Jason, are you going to pass on the Do I feel lucky question, thinking it'll be something weird, nuanced that the judges dreamed up? Or are you going to hope that it's something easy like, what is the name of the building that the movie Die Hard takes place in? What's it going to be?
2: Um, I'm going to have to pass on that one. I, okay. I know I'd probably get it wrong, and she is more likely to get that right. So I will take the first one. Okay. The least famous of all.
0: The question is called, but do you recall the least famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a 1964 mm-hmm. Christmas stop-motion animated television special. Yes, the judges know that this falls outside the Gen X timeline, but we think that we can all agree that this TV special hit home with kids from Generation X as much from any other generation. In fact, without it being a hit with Gen X kids, then this TV special would probably have faded out of pop culture altogether. So basically, it counts for our purposes here on the show. Towards the beginning of the special, Rudolph is befriended by another young buck and invited to join the reindeer games to show off in front of the does. This is where he meets Clarice. What is the name of the reindeer who has a messy blonde tuft of hair that invites Rudolph to play some reindeer games? Is it A, fireball? B, lightning? C, hurricane? D, tornado? Or is it E, Gary Busey? I was taking Shroud on and k while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face!
2: Um, I want to say lightning. Lightning is
0: incorrect. Yeah,
2: I knew it was wrong.
0: Shauna, once again, you can steal the power right back. We've never had three consecutive steals before. See if we can make it happen. Is it A, Fireball? B, Lightning? C, Hurricane? D, Tornado? Or E, Gary Busey? Fireball, A. Fireball, she said with a lot of confidence and rightfully so. That is correct. Well done. You've stolen the power right back. I knew
2: it was going to be Fireball.
3: I need some sort of like She-Ra sound. I don't know. I just feel like if you had a walk-up song, then I at least get some sort of Shira ra something.
0: Judges, can we give her a Shira ra sound out? Well,
1: I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil. Oh. Don't worry, Skeletor. Christmas only comes once a year. Mm, thank goodness.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need more She-Ra on the show. Thank you. The correct answer is, as you said, option A, Fireball. All the rest of the multiple choice options were just names of unstoppable natural disasters. Fireball starts out cool in the show, but as soon as it is revealed that Rudolph was different than everyone else, Fireball turned his back on his buddy and was a dack to him. The reoccurring theme in the show is those who do not fit into the social norms are marginalized at best and at worst face open hostilities. Dude, even Santa Claus was a dack to the outsiders in this movie. However, in the end, these misfits, as they're called on the show, save the day. And the moral is that it's our differences in this world that makes us special, and it's best to just be ourselves. You know, it's a Gen X show when even Santa Claus needs to find some redemption by the closing credits. So, Jason passed this question to you, Shauna. It's called Name the Great Characters in American Literature. The Do I Feel Lucky question is What is the name of the building that the movie Die Hard takes place in? <laughs>
3: It's Nakatomi Plaza or Tower? Nakatomi Plaza.
0: Judges, I think it's her accent. She lives in Oklahoma. Close enough? <laughs> the judges say close enough. Well done. How <laughs> did
2: you get that?
0: That's uh, Two more points for you.
2: <laughs> How did you get that?
3: Some of us actually did the homework.
2: There was, there was homework? Mm. And there's
0: Jason's education history in a nutshell right there. Pretty much.
3: that have flashbacks right now. <laughs>
0: We've been friends a long time. I've, I'm able to uh, tease Jason.
2: Did you did you give her the answer to this before in did an not. email before?
0: I mean, I said it in the setup. She had plenty of time to think about it. But oh. um, Jason, I think you had some sound oh, strategy there, but it backfired. Shauna, you now have the power. <laughs> we have the power. And you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be keep the change, a filthy animal, which is a movie question? Or will it be cinema sound check, which is a head-to-head challenge? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Home Alone is the story of two parents who neglectfully have no idea where their child is for several days. The child then has to lie, steal, and get into violent confrontations in order to just survive until his parents return home from their lavish vacation in Paris. Miraculously, nobody dies during little Kevin McAllister's fight for his survival, but this is not for a lack of trying, as danger and violence await around every corner. It's no wonder so many Gen Xers took to this movie. It was like looking into a mirror. One of the age-inappropriate things Kevin does while unsupervised is to watch movies unfit for eight-year-olds. Your question is, what is the name of the movie that Kevin watches a gangster kill a man with a Tommy gun, shooting him about 69 times? Is it A, Angels with Filthy Souls? B, The Harder They Come? C, Freddy Got Fingered? D, Midnight Meat Train. Or is it E, Three Men and a Little Lady? Kevin! I am going to go with A. Angels with Filthy Souls is correct. Well done. Two more points for you. You're mounting a comeback here. Well done. Angels with Filthy Souls is the correct answer, but all of these are actual movie titles that sound like movies Little Kev should not be watching. (laughs) Fun fact, the sequel, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, Kevin watches the sequel to this movie too, called Angels with Even Filthier Souls. That's just a fun fact. <laughs> Jason, you're to start us off in this next one, the Cinema Soundcheck Head-to-Head Challenge. For this question, I'll give you titles of tracks for the musical score of a popular Gen X movie. You'll need to tell me the title of the movie that it's from. Movie scores are usually instrumentals with obscure titles, and this should give you the hints that you need to name the movie. We'll go back and forth between each player who will give me a new movie title with their turn, Points will be awarded to the player that gets it correct on their turn. There are eight tracks on this list, and the number of points you will receive with the correct answer will match the number of songs revealed. So, for example, if you get the movie title correct on song three, you'll get three points. Song four, four points, and so forth, all the way up to as many as eight points on the final track. You'll need to think of your strategy on when you want to answer it correctly and score as many points as possible, but not allow your opponent to get it before
2: you do. Okay. Is it a Christmas movie? Of
0: course, it's a Christmas movie. Okay, a Christmas episode. Jason, you get to start us off. Song one is called Santa's Quest. What movie features the song Santa's Quest?
2: Um, Santa Claus.
0: The Santa Claus. Yes, it's incorrect. Song two for two points. Shauna is for you. It's called Christmas Slay. It is spelled S L A Y. Die Hard. Die Hard is incorrect. I think we're on. Two diehard questions back to back? What? I mean, the
3: sleigh part just threw me.
0: Yeah, I got you. Song three for three points, Jason. It's called Santa Arrested. So we have Santa Arrested, Christmas Sleigh, and Santa's Quest. And it's not the Santa Claus. Bad Santa. Bad Santa, not a Gen X
2: movie. Right.
0: Shauna, back to you. Song four for four points. We have Finding the Bag. We got Finding the Bag. Santa Arrested, Christmas Sleigh, Santa's Quest, all adds up to this Christmas movie, which is? Scrooge. Scrooge is incorrect as well. I feel like you know it, Shauna, and you're just trying to build the score. That's smart.
3: How is it not the Santa Claus? It has to be the Santa Claus. Only
0: because it's not. <laughs> Back to this you, Jason. Song five for five points is called Passing the Torch. Passing the Torch, Finding the Bag, Santa Arrested, Christmas Sleigh, Santa's Quest, Five points right here.
2: Uh, Bad Santa.
0: Bad Santa is still incorrect. Mm. I think we might get all the way to eight. We've never had all eight. But let's see. We got song six. Shauna is called Harmony Returns. Harmony Returns. Passing the Torch. Finding the Bag. Santa Arrested. Christmas sleigh. Santa's Quest for six big points. Home Alone. Home Alone is mm. incorrect. Jason for seven points. The the title of this track is called Joe's Transformation, Joe's Transformation, Harmony Returns, Passing the Torch, Finding the Bag, Santa Arrested, Christmas Sleigh, Santa's Quest. Everyone on their podcast player is yelling the name of this movie right now.
2: Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen it. I don't recognize any of that. Bad Santa.
0: Bad Santa. It's correct. I'm sorry. No, sorry. Still incorrect.
2: (laughs) Don't play with my emotions. Well, you've been wrong the past two times, so we thought we'd switch it up.
5: <laughs> That's my favorite part of this whole episode.
0: <laughs> okay, Shauna, you are severely behind. This could be worth eight points to you. If you get the title of this movie correct, this is our final track. Song eight is called, Ernest Saves Christmas.
4: The old man stood quivering with fury, stammering oh as he gosh. tried to come up with a real crusher. Paulie got out. Was- oh God!
2: <laughs> you got a guess?
3: I think I have a guess. I think I'm going to go with Ernest Saves Christmas.
0: That is correct for eight points. Congratulations! <laughs> well done, Shauna. Ernest D.
5: Loro. in the mission they said couldn't be done in the movie they said
0: shouldn't be done.
3: Oh my gosh! I had not thought of Ernest in forever. What is it? Ernest goes to camp. Ernest Saves Christmas. There was a whole bunch of them, wasn't there?
0: Yes, there was an Ernest cinematic universe, for sure. I think
2: I just lost my lead.
3: (laughs) Back before Marvel, we had Ernest.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the fun fact. The late Jim Varney played the character of Ernest for over 20 years before dying of lung cancer at the young age of 50. He was a trained Shakespearean actor before he took up some commercial gigs to pay the bills, and that's where Ernest was conceived. He licensed the character out to commercials all over the country to local businesses like dairy farms, car dealerships, amusement parks, and convenience stores. His gimmick of speaking into the camera as if he was talking to his buddy Vern took him all the way to starring in his own series of movies. As we said, quite a success story. Although you never actually see his face, Ernest Saves Christmas is the only movie that Vern can be seen on screen. R.I.P. Jim Varney.
1: You know, Vern. Cream Weaver Highland Sour Cream is so good on everything from potatoes to tacos that it has inspired me to write this poem. I affectionately call it Sour Cream by Ernest P. Worrell. Roses are red, violets are blue. Sour Cream is white and comes in a tub.
0: Now that we've bummed everyone out talking about Ernest dying of cancer at only 50 years old, let's get a scoring update. Robin?
5: What an intro. Uh, Wow, Shauna literally closed the gap. 18 to 17 now, Shauna with the power and the one-point lead.
0: Oh, what a coincidence. Uh, Shauna, you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be The Other MCU, which is a Disney movie question? Or will it be Name That Auto-Tune Christmas Edition, which is a head-to-head challenge? I will go with the Disney one. Mickey's Christmas Carol is a 1983 animated Christmas featurette. The cartoon is an adaption of Charles Dickens' 1843 novella A Christmas Carol. And stars Scrooge McDuck as Ebenezer Scrooge. What are the odds? Many other Disney characters from the Mickey Cinematic Universe are adapted to play the characters for Dickens' work. Some are just random characters, but others have specific names that are found in other Disney stories. Here's your question How many Disney characters are adapted from other Disney stories to make an appearance in Mickey's Christmas Carol? Is it A, 23, B, 33, C, 43 or is it D69?
5: 69, dudes.
0: I'm gonna go with B33. 33. 33 is incorrect, Jason. We're towards the end of the round. You can steal the power right now. It'd be wonderful for you if you did. Is it A23, B33, C43, D69? Or is it E, bad Santa? <laughs>
2: Bad Santa is a tempting answer. I'm going to go with A. A.
0: 23 is incorrect. I'm sorry. Uh, 43 is the correct answer. There were 43 43 other named Disney characters that made an appearance in that movie. Of the characters in the Mickey Cinematic Universe, there was what's known as the Super Six, which comprise of Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Pluto, Donald, and Daisy Duck. Of the Super Six, only Pluto does not make an appearance in the featurette. First, Pluto gets kicked out of the movie and then gets kicked out from being titled a planet. Uh, Judges, that was goofy, not Pluto, but close enough. Let's move on. Jason, you get named that Autotune Christmas edition. For this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X song from a Christmas movie or special, and you have to give me the title of the song and name of what show or movie it is from, okay? So you're looking for the title of the song and where it's from. You don't have to name the performer. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers, and they'll also be using an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than is necessary. There are a total of three songs that you'll take turns answering with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means this question could potentially be worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen. Jason, here's song one. Here's the judge's rendition. Then tell me the title of the song and where it is from. Listen closely.
1: Besides the sounds. They're everywhere and all around. I've never felt so good before. This empty place inside of me is filling up. I simply cannot get enough. I want it. Oh, I want it. Oh, I want it for my own. I've got to know. I've got to know. What is this place that I have found?
2: Oh, that, um, that is from, um, ah, it's, it's, uh, Jack Skellington. It's, it's Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: And what's the name of the song?
2: What is this, Christmas?
0: Judges, let's, re- let's reveal it and see if he's right.
1: The sights, the sounds, they everywhere and all around. I've never felt so good before. This empty place inside of me is filling up. I simply cannot get enough. I want it, do oh, I want it, oh, I want it for my own. I've got to know, I've got you know, what is this place that I am down. What is
0: Judges, is he close enough? The judges say you're close enough. It's from The Nightmare Before Christmas. And What's This is the name of the song. You said all the right words, but not quite in the right order. We're going to give it to you. Close enough. Thank you. Here's a fun fact. Tim Burton originally envisioned A Nightmare Before Christmas as a stop motion TV special after being inspired by 1964's Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer. He pitched it to Disney as a TV special that would be aired annually every Halloween and Christmas. The production was a labor of love that took three years and 120 crew members to make. Figuring that just one minute of film took a whole week to produce, it's no wonder that the total runtime was only 76 minutes long. With that runtime, they had to release it as a feature film and not a TV special. But if they only could have shaved off exactly seven minutes, then it would have been perfect. Here's song two for you, Shauna. The song is from 1965. Tell us the title to this song and where it is from right here.
1: Sleigh bells in the air. Beauty everywhere, you will die by the fireside, and joyful memories there.
0: Want to hear it one more time? Sure. Let's hear it one more time.
1: Sleigh bells in the air, beauty everywhere, you will die by the fireside, and joyful memories there.
0: What Christmas movie or TV show from 1965 is that from? And what is the title?
3: It's from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The title of the song is jingle sleigh holly
0: jolly bells was jingle bells jolly holly bells kidding you're incorrect jason would you like to try and steal this
1: play bells in the air beauty everywhere you will die by the fireside and joyful memories there is the song white christmas from the
2: movie white christmas
0: let's reveal it and see if he's right
2: Oh, it's Charlie Brown.
3: It's Charlie Brown. Ah, That is a painful loss.
0: That's a painful loss. It was Christmas time, and you guys got it a Charlie Brown Christmas. So no points for that one.
3: I mean, I named our youngest son Charlie, and I feel like I should get a bonus point for that.
2: What is this I stuff? We named him. (laughs) <laughs> Dang it. Although one of my first suggestions was Sneaky Pete, <laughs> which would be very fitting.
0: But not nearly as jolly. He'd probably be the only Sneaky Pete in the classroom, that's for sure. <laughs> Here's your fun fact. Christmas Time Was Here was composed by jazz pianist Vince Guaraldi to accompany the opening of the 1965 television special, A Charlie Brown Christmas. It was originally written as an instrumental but producer Lee Mendelssohn decided that the song needed lyrics, and with a month before the special aired, he set out to find someone to write them. He was unable to find anyone available, so he wrote the lyrics himself. He said, quote, So I sat down at our kitchen table and wrote Christmas Time is Here in about 10 minutes on the back of an envelope of junk mail. It was a poem that just came to me, and I never changed the words to this day. End of quote. Writing on the back of an envelope of junk mail is a lost art these days, I think. And I would wager that the lyrics of this song could be the most important thing ever written down on the back of one. Song three is for you, Sh- Jason. Jason. Yeah, Jason, Jason. 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 Song three for you, Jason. And finally, our last song is from 1966. We saved the easiest for last. I told the judges that since this is the last question of the round, that it is unfair to end it on this simple of a question. However, they didn't listen to me. And so we present this layup of a sound clip and the easiest one we've ever had in the history of Name That Auto-Tune. Let's give the judges version a listen. Jason, this one's for you.
1: Trim up the tree with Christmas stuff like bingle balls and hoo fluff Trim up the town with goohoo gums and Basil bix and wums. Trim up the tree with Basil bix and wums.
0: Jason, put us out of our misery. What is it? <laughs> Come on, don't leave us in the fence.
2: I don't think I know the name of the song. Um I believe I it know? is from No. Did
1: you just say I don't I, know? I did not. Okay.
2: I believe it is probably from the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Um Trim It Up.
5: <laughs> That's a very different song. Trim, tr- trim,
2: trim up, up the Town.
5: <laughs> That's when the Grinch had his dark hip hop days. <laughs> trim trim up village. Tr- <laughs> trim it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh
0: that is not a complete correct answer
2: how the grinch stole christmas
0: right uh but
2: uh
0: let's hear your final answer because you you spat it off a lot of things right there
2: how the grinch stole christmas trimming up the town <laughs>
0: That is not a complete correct answer. Shauna, can you steal this? Oh. No. And have the power going into the final round?
4: What happened next was a family controversy for years.
3: It is from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I would say it's called Trimming
0: the Tree. One last time. What's it called? Final answer. Trim up the tree. Let's see if she's right.
1: Trim up the tree with Christmas stuff. Like bingo balls and hoof fluff. Trim up the town with goo-hoo guns and ASL. With bizzle,
2: finks, and that is correct! Congratulations, Shauna! Well oh, done! Why did you ask her so many times when she said trimming the tree?
0: I gave you like three or four answers at it as well, buddy. What? I mean, they say the name of the song twice in the clip.
2: Okay. You said trimming no, up, re- bro.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I said trimming the tree. <laughs> right, but you never put the words trim up the tree in any concise order in any of your answers. Okay. I was looking for it. I was rooting for you. Right. Okay. This song really brings back my childhood memories of trimming up my uncles and aunt with yards of hoof-hoo flants. Do you guys remember doing that growing up? No. I hear you shake your head on an audio <laughs> podcast.
3: <laughs> I, I Yeah, no. I wasn't allowed to decorate the tree because I obviously would not have had everything
0: symmetrical. So I was right out. What? You guys never trimmed your pets with Fuzzle Fuzz and Wiffler Bloofs and Wuzzle Was? No. What about hanging pantoukas on the ceiling? Or what about piling pankoukas on the floor? Safety concern. No? Hanging ding-donglers from the bathtub or trim up the occupant with floof? But That's how Osha got started. (laughs) It's like you guys had a totally different Christmas than I had. But let's get a scoring (laughs) update from Robin and see who won round two.
5: At the end of round two, we are completely tied up. 19 to 19.
0: (laughs) So Shauna does have the power. By the power of the tiebreaker, Shauna, you have won round two. That means you and I get to take a secret trip to the prize vault where you'll pick the prize that the two of you will be playing for in round three. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor.
1: The Smurfs Christmas Special will return after these messages.
4: What's the easiest choice you can make? Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
0: If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from and subscribing for future episodes. The only way a show like this gets anywhere in the podcasting world is by positive reviews and word of mouth among friends. So if you're inclined, please help spread the word about the podcast and share it with that special Gen Xer in your life We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much.
1: We now return to the Smurfs Christmas special The Power Struggle.
0: Before we start round three, now is the last chance to solve the power struggle question, steal the power, and score 20 points and go first in round three. Remember, you need to name what the clip is from and in the correct order. Let's take our final listen to the power struggle, and then you need to give me your answers.
4: right time, it's the right time to wrap Christmas,
2: Christmas We're Marley and Marley, Whoa!
1: we're Marley and Marley, we're Marley and
5: Marley, we Change
0: Jason, you currently do not have the power, you get to answer this
2: if you can and one before you I say anything,
0: know. let me tell you, none of these
2: are from Bad Santa. Oh, <laughs> well, then I'm out. <laughs> Let's give this a try. Um, number one, uh, is Jingle Bells by Run DMC. Mm. That's a yes. Okay. Well, I'm out.
0: Okay.
3: Okay. So the number one is definitely New Kids on the Block.
0: Mm, you're definitely incorrect. Jason, you were right that it was Run DMC, but is the wrong song. Christmas in Hollis. By Run DMC was clip number one.
2: So, number two, I had Frosty the Snowman. Uh-huh. Uh, number three, Jingle Bell Rock by Billy Idol. Mm. Uh, then four was Better Off Dead, and five was Muppet Christmas Special, or Muppet Christmas Carol.
0: Correct. Let's just run them down. Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis was clip one. Clip two, Frosty the Snowman, you said. Clip three was Jingle Bell Rock, but it was by Holla Notes, not Billy
2: Idol. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I got it.
0: Clip four was Better Off Dead, as you said. And clip five, you also got correct was Muppet Christmas Carol. So nobody got the Power Struggle correct. So that means off to the Phantom Zone with you, Jason. And Sean and I are going to pick the item in the prize hall. You, Please tell a- me there's a glowworm. <laughs> glowworm
1: is huggable, snuggable, lovable. worm's your good night friend.
0: Round three. Round three is a prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think is the most popular responses from the Gen X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via our newsletter. The player who has the power gets to go first with player two unable to hear their responses. Player two will then have to give responses to the same five survey questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of their answers. Whoever ends up with the most points wins the game and goes on to claim their chance at the prize that Shauna has selected in secret. Listeners! If you'd like to take part in Dysfunctional Family Feud surveys, sign up for our newsletter on our website, and it will include a spot for you to reply to upcoming surveys and get your answers on the show. Let's play Dysfunctional Family Feud. Your time will begin. After I finish reading the first question. Much like Die Hard, name another controversial Christmas movie. Gremlins. Name something introduced in the 80s that made for a great stocking stuffer. Glowworms. You had a big stocking. Name something Name something you had in your house to eat only during Christmas time growing up. Fruitcake. What was the best Christmas song released during the Gen X timeline?
3: Wham. The title Last, the song. Christmas, Last Christmas, gave there me a card. Okay, thank you.
0: Besides Rudolph, name a character from the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer TV special. Firebolt. What's that? Fireball. Sorry, we disconnected for one second. I couldn't really hear you very well. Okay, let's welcome Jason back in from the Phantom Zone. (sighs) That was very stressful. Okay, we have recorded Shauna's answers. Jason, welcome back from the Phantom Zone. I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Shauna. You may not duplicate any of her answers. If you do, you'll hear this sound. And I'm going to ask you for another answer. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Much like Die Hard, name another controversial Christmas movie. Gremlins. Try again.
2: Princess Bride.
0: Name something introduced in the 80s that made for a great stocking stuffer. And don't say glowworms.
2: Oh, those lifesaver storybooks.
0: Name something you had in your house to eat only during Christmas time growing up.
4: Fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. What was
0: the best Christmas song released during the Gen X timeline? Pass. Besides Rudolph, name a character from the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer television special. Santa. I thought you said Thanos for a second. Santa. Yes, Thanos. Dance. Thanos <laughs> is not in that one. And let's go back to the one he passed on. What was the best Christmas song released during the Gen X timeline? Pass. Okay, let's go back to the one he passed on. What was the best Christmas song released during the Gen X timeline? Oh, God. Got to say something.
2: All I want all I want for Christmas is you. I don't think that's Gen X, but.
0: We're going to tabulate the scores.
2: No, I just lost in a massive comeback.
0: If Shauna wins, it'll be very impressive.
2: Most impressive. I think it's safe to say I just got killed in the third round.
3: No, because I had a couple of really bad answers there. I tried to shove a glow where I was talking. Not,
0: not, yeah. not what I'm them
3: anymore. <laughs> and we're not going to extrapolate from that at all.
0: I asked you, much like Die Hard, name another controversial Christmas movie. Shauna, you gave us...
5: Gremlins, which was worth 35
0: points. <laughs> Woo! And Jason, you said...
5: The Princess Bride, which did not make the list, ironically, even though it was a question on our episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just to show you that no one on the podcast answers the surveys. The number one answer was Gremlins. So Mm -hmm. well done, Shauna.
5: Going into round three, Shauna had 19 points and so did Jason. We were tied up at 19. We're going to add those to your totals, which brings the score to 54 Shauna And 19, Jason, Shauna has a 35-point lead.
0: Well done, Shauna. You know, we get information for these surveys from our listeners via our newsletter, and we get some interesting replies. So I'd like to give some honorable mentions to these entertaining answers. Honorable mention goes to all the people who clearly did not understand the question and answered Christmas Vacation, Muppet Christmas Carol, and the movie that is literally called A Christmas Story. However, one person got it right and answered with what Christmas with certain family members can feel like from time to time. And that was the movie Misery. <laughs> Name something introduced in the 80s that made for a great stocking stuffer. Shauna, you said
5: glowworms, which was worth zero points.
0: Surprisingly.
3: That might not have been my best moment.
0: Well, in your defense, Shauna, growing up, I had these insanely huge stockings my dad got me. And I was so small and tiny growing up, I could actually fit my whole body inside the stocking. (laughs) I had one of those mega ones growing up. And I used to try and sleep in it uh, as like a sleeping bag (laughs) on Christmas Eve because I was so excited. So a glowworm could have fit in that. So you're not totally outside the realm of possibility, just trying to make you feel better. Jason, you gave us... Lifesaver Storybook, which was
5: worth 22 points. Well done. The number one answer was Rubik's Cube.
0: Oh, Oh. Rubik's Cube, of course. Mm -hmm. Honorable mentions go to Erasable Pens. That was a fun thing that came around in the 80s. McDonald's Coupon Books, Exclamation Fragrance or Perfume, Board Games Based on Game Shows, and my favorite, a calculator watch. (laughs) (laughs) Name something you had in your house to eat only during Christmas time growing up. Shauna, you said... Fruitcake,
5: which was worth 19 points.
0: woo Good answer. Jason, you gave us...
5: Fudge, which was worth 12 points.
0: Rookie number. <coughs> Fudge! What was the number uh, the one The number answer,
5: one, girl? so sorry, the number one answer was candy canes or hard candy.
0: Lots to choose from for honorable mentions for this one, as you might think. But we give the shout outs to apparently oyster stew is a thing for Christmas, I guess. One person said, screw Christmas, we ate potato latkes. One person <laughs> said, quote, all the balls... Bourbon balls, cheese balls, date nut balls, <laughs> cocktail meatballs, Sasha's balls. I put all the balls in my mouth for Christmas. Balls?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: However, the most Gen X answer of all of them had to be stovetop stuffing. Question four. What was the best Christmas song released during the Gen X timeline? Shauna, you gave us a great answer of?
5: Last Christmas by Wham. And that was worth 31 points. <gasps>
0: what? number one Uh, answer congratulations shauna yes jason you gave us
5: All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey, which I did not think was going to make the list, but was worth four points.
0: Jason, congratulations. Four other people that did not understand the question either.
5: Well done.
3: (laughs) But I do love the one he went with was Mariah Carey.
5: 104 (laughs) points to Shauna versus 57 to
0: Jason. Honorable mentions for this one are Christmas at Ground Zero by Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al will always get a shout out whenever possible on this podcast. Speaking of parody songs... Someone wrote in the song, New Kids Got Run Over by a Reindeer. We thought they were just being silly, but from what we found out on the internet, that this was a real song made by a radio morning show in the 80s by something called Morning Zoo Cement Heads. After listening to it, I think the only song worse than Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer might be New Kids Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Woof. So it all comes down to our final question. Besides Rudolph, name a character from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer television special shauna you gave us the brilliant answer of fireball which was only worth one point
5: that brings your final total to 105 points shauna that's the score to beat jason's gonna need 49 points to win
0: it all comes down to this jason you gave us the answer of
5: (laughs) santa
4: the tension was terrible what was it the fate of the planet may hang in the balance (laughs) <laughs> almost there. My mind was a steel trap. Every pore vibrated. It was almost clear. Yes,
5: yes, yes, yes. Which was only worth 18 points. I'm sorry, Jason.
0: <laughs> Which means, no, Shauna, congratulations. You've won the game. And you're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done.
3: ha ha ha. I just lured him in with a lack of confidence.
0: Jason does not look happy on my Zoom screen right now. Well, this is the only win
2: I get. Well, it was the only win I get.
0: It is no longer.
4: I helped mom out. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm
2: sure you did. I got eight out of ten. Okay.
0: Unfortunately, Jason, that means you lost this episode. I'm sorry things didn't go quite your way, as they have many times previous on on the show. But did you have a good time anyways?
2: I did. Great. My face doesn't show it, but I did.
0: Well, thanks so much for playing. By the way, the number one answer to this question was Yukon Cornelius. No. Was the it number wasn't one it. answer. The guy No way. What? No way. He's the best character. What are you talking about?
4: Yahoo! Nothing. No?
0: Nobody? Okay. Moving on. <coughs> Let's go to the prize vault. For winning the game, I offer a chance for a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Shauna until I'm the high bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I'll buy that item for the winner and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Let's take a look at all the prices Shauna had to choose from and then reveal what was chosen. In the prize vault we had, as is show tradition, we have Garbage Pail Kids Estimation Jason showing Jason from Friday the 13th doing tally marks on a blackboard trying to figure out how many horny teenagers he's killed. Or you could have Oshana, pictured here with a Garbage Pail Kid body with a conch shell head listening to a decapitated Garbage Pail Kid head as if it was a shell listening into it to hear the ocean. Oshana, 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 get it? Shana. All right, move it on. To represent Christmas vacation, next we have a bolt of cotton fabric with a repeated pattern of the phrase, I don't know, Marco, <laughs> printed on it. Jason, think of how many creative things you can sew together with this. Oh, yeah. As we learned this episode, The Princess Bride is a Christmas movie. And in the prize vault, we have a Funko Pop figure of Wesley dressed up as the Dread Pirate Roberts. Now you can say, shut up, Wesley, right to his face. In the Weird Stuff section of eBay, we found a vintage mystery box. We have no idea what's in it, but seeing how it's vintage and it's in the Weird Stuff section, we're dying to find out. Of course, you can always take... The mystery box option from the podcast, if you so choose. Next is a rad purse from A Nightmare Before Christmas. There's nothing funny, strange, or odd about this purse. We just think that looks really cool. And it has an image printed on it of the iconic pose of Jack silhouetted by the moon on top of that kind of curly Q hilltop thingy. You know the one I'm talking about. Not sure how to describe this next item other than to say it's a hat that looks like the head of Bumble from Rudolph the red Reindeer. It looks much more like a soft helmet than a hat, but it looks ridiculous in any event, with his teeth missing and his eyes all crossed. To protect your little Nero's, here's a pair of men's boxers inside this pizza box from the fictional pizza place called Little Nero's from Home Alone. So if your Nero is medium-sized, then this will work well for you. Jason, this might go along with your (laughs) little chain you mentioned earlier, And finally, we have a copy of this awesome, amazing book (laughs) titled Big Deal, Little Deal, co-written by Shauna Conway. That is an emotional support book that will help parents teach kids how to self-regulate when they experience big emotions, great for children and adults. Shauna Conway here on the podcast, will you please tell us what item you picked and why? Well, I got to,
3: you know, plug that last book there as a future top seller, obviously. <laughs> but we want to go with the mystery box from the podcast.
0: So anything could be in this box. Oh, there could, uh, there could be anything in there.
3: Hey, it's going to be good if it's
0: X. Well, one thing you got to remember is I'm extremely poor right now. So
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's nothing. It's air from babies. In this box
4: is Maybe. What happened next was
0: inevitable. A headshot of your favorite judge, personally hand-signed. We'll send that out to you. I don't know if you can read it. It says, thanks for playing Best Witches, The Judges. And along with it, you will receive The Judges Name That Auto-Tune renditions greatest hits. We have compiled all the greatest hits from the segment Name That Auto-Tune You'll receive such unforgettable classics as...
1: Sucking on Chili Dog outside the Tasty Freeze. Diane sitting on Jackie's lap. Got his hands between her knees. Jackie says, Hey, Diane, let's run off behind a shady tree. Dribble off those Bobby Brooks. Let me do what I please. And who could forget this one? And get to Mackin into this bitch named Sadie. Sadie? She used to be the homeboy's lady. Oh, that bitch. 80 degrees, when I tell that bitch, please. Raise up off these and you'll tease, cause you gets none of these. At ease, as I mob with the dog pound, feel the breeze. Bitch.
0: Enjoy your mystery box surprise, Shauna. And we're going to send that out to you for you to enjoy all year long. Congratulations!
3: <laughs> Christmas is made! Yes!
2: Is that going to be on cassette tape?
0: No, (laughs) we can't even afford cassette tapes right now. So we're we're going to email it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was fun. Thanks for saving my budget, Shauna. I got you. I could tell I was in imminent danger of overplaying my hand. Casually, I switched tactics. Hey guys, do you have any shout outs or things you'd like to plug here on the show?
3: I would love to shamelessly plug something that has been a bit of a passion project. It's a few years in the making as my co-author was nagging me relentlessly, and I finally gave in, and we co-authored a children's book together, and it's called Big Deal, Little Deal, and you can find out more information at bigdeallittledeal.com, but it's a social emotional learning book to help kids and adults manage big emotions and figure out how to calm themselves down in all sorts of situations.
0: So, you can find that at that web address. You can find it on Amazon.com, or apparently, you can go to eBay and buy it as well.
3: Uh, yes, you can buy it at Amazon. Um, Barnes and Noble online has it, and then you can just go to bigdeallittledeal.com.
0: Awesome. We will have a link in the show notes should anyone want to check that book out. Thank you, Shauna. Speaking of shout outs and sound drops, I have one shout out to give. I'd like to give a shout out to Patreon supporter Michael Munoz. Thank you, Michael, for being a supporter of the show for several months now. We appreciate your support and helping us make our dreams come closer to a reality of making this podcast a full-time gig for me and bringing you episodes more frequently. We've had several new signups recently. Thank you all very much. We will get to all of your own personal shout outs in the future. Thanks for being patient with us. But tonight we want to celebrate Michael. We asked him what clip you would like to have for a shout out. And he just replied with an audio attachment on my email. I have not even listened to what this is yet. So this could be something sweet and innocent from the Brady Bunch. Or it could be Eddie Murphy's Mr. T stand-up chunk from Delirious. We don't know. We're rolling the dice here too. It's a mystery box sound clip in your honor, Michael, that we hope you especially like. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? What? Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcasting and enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you chose to spend a little time on our show. Thank you. If you like what we're doing here and you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash X. At our Patreon site, you'll see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show, so take advantage of those if you are interested. If you'd like, you can head over to X.com and learn all about the ways you can do your part to save Gen X from being forgotten. But... If you're feeling like a slacker at the moment, you can just email me and I promise to write you back with all the details you could ever want. You can reach me or any of the judges at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. In either case, thanks so much for listening. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to share it with that special Gen Xer in your life and subscribing to the show for future episodes, where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Before we close out 2023, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for allowing me to be in your lives this year to bring you some nostalgic trivia from our youth. This is our final episode of the year, but I am happy to announce that we will be back at the start of 2024 to kick off our third year of the podcast. We have a few special year in shout-outs to give to all of our podcast supporters. Please indulge me as I give them a quick shout-out. Thank you to Patreon supporters, the great Mitch Porter, Lori, Sean, Preston Jones, Chris, Michael, Matthew Williams, and Steve Kilpatrick. Thank you gentlemen for your recent kind emails. Stephanie Bryant, the always supportive Pi and Mary Beth, Christopher Shin, Diana, our two Darrens, Darren Fonseca and Darren Gray. Suck it bewitched. We've got our own two Darrens as well. Our youngest Patreon supporter, Tommy. Thanks for doing your part to save Gen Z. And thanks to our top financial supporters of the year, april paul rogers michael gibbs salem stanley samantha Shigolin, and our top supporter of 2023 adam Braithwaite. thank you for your generous support oh yeah finally thanks to my buddy and patreon supporter pauljpowers.com
4: paul, pauljpowers.com we
0: also want to say thank you to our many venmo and paypal supporters that we've had this past year i don't have a full list but thank you to Bill and Tyler and all the others who helped keep us making the show for you. And also thank you to all the people who can't afford to support the show financially, but still contribute with their messages and friendship. We know not everyone can afford to support a show like this with money. Believe me, I get it. However, we didn't want to forget you when our year-end thanks. Without your support, we could not make the show. We would like to thank all the guests we've had on the show this past year, even the bad ones. It was a lot of fun to make the show for you. And we feel blessed to have had made so many new friends through the process. It's really been the most rewarding part of it all. Thanks to my lovely and talented wife, Suzanne, for making our power struggle game every episode. And thank you to our producer, Robin, for writing many of the questions for It Is Enough and keeping us on track when we record. Thank you, ladies. And finally, and most importantly of all, thank you to you, our faithful listeners who download every episode. As a podcaster, I can say that it sometimes feels like you're just shouting out into the void when you release an episode. But seeing the downloads roll in and an audience increasing with every episode encourages us to keep going. When the question is asked, who will save Generation X? The answer is you. Even our two British listeners. Judges? And now we're going to close out the show with this crappy parody song. Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas! And we'll see you in 2024. Good night, everybody. New kids got run over by a reindeer. All the little children are in shock. No more loud, annoying high falls at all. Now there's no more new kids on the block. They
2: were singing their new hit song. Step by step in the right stuff. Now they're trophies for a
0: reindeer Mounted on his mantle, hanging tough. Many times I was mistaken when I went to see their show. Danny, Donnie, Joe John Jordan. Or was it Larry Curly Shep and Mo oh, oh. Kids got run over by a reindeer? Rats for me to mock. No more creepypuss and high falsetto.
2: Now there's no more new kids on the block.